I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to author Tim Marshall about the importance of flags. Seven Nation Army got an amazing lo-fi soul makeover courtesy of British Funksters Nostalgia 77 in 2005. Why are flags so important? Why do people get so passionate about them? Aren't they just little bits of cloth with some colours on? Yes, and those little bits of colours arranged in a certain way 
uh, speak to people and people speak back to the flag and it's a two-way relationship because if that flag is supposed to represent you then it represents your history uh, what you want for the future it represents now it represents everybody it's supposed to represent everybody around you uh, if you happen to like your country then there is the embodification of it up there and so you're not really looking at just a piece of cloth you're looking at your what you might regard as your identity some flags are much more iconic than others are there any rules for designing a good flag or a flag being accepted by the people it's supposed to represent the guy that did the, the, the south african flag for the modern era uh, told me that a flag should be recognizable even if it was on a postage stamp mm-hmm. so you've got to look at it and think yep that's what it is and th- that's one of the rules um primary colors is another one uh, that's why you tend to see very very few you know pink flags for example um ones that don't fade at sea which is why the dutch flag for example which had orange in it to begin with was changed to red uh, because people thought whose ship is that what is this faded <laughs> orange color etc etc so there, there there are these rules and also the, another one is that a child should be able to draw it it's interesting you talk about the south african flag because to me i understand the symbolism of it but to me it looks like a dog's dinner there's too much going on you'll have to take that up with fred brownell who uh, who was a charming wonderful man who who um designed it he was trying to pull together the different peoples of the modern state so that they could all be represented and with a directional arrow pointing them towards the future now you might think it's a dog's dinner nelson mandela liked it that's good enough for me no fair enough right yeah i was going to say um his opinion trumps mine but that that expression has different connotations in 2017 (laughs) um here's a flag which everybody universally in this country absolutely loves and adores it's the canadian flag and that is a very new one isn't it it's only like Mm. the mid mid 1960s before that uh, the British flag was was stuck in the top left-hand mm. corner, and it was red. Um, how do countries go about building, creating uh, a new identity and manifesting that through a flag when they don't necessarily have a rainbow coalition mm. of people mm. to represent? Well, I think the, the Canadians are a good example, isn't it? I mean, the, the stark primary colours with a symbol that they all immediately recognize it doesn't divide the french speakers from the uh, english speakers it doesn't divide upon racial grounds and it is something around you you can coalesce around it another example in a much more difficult place is the lebanese flag lebanon uh, if you were to put a religious symbol on the lebanese flag you would have a civil war within days because the shia the sunni the druze uh, the christians etc would not accept one particular religious symbol on it, which is why there's a cedar tree on it. Lebanon is famous for its cedar trees up in the Shouf Mountains. Here is something that they all, everyone loves. You go up to the mountains, everyone can share it. So this very, very divided country can at least have a flag around which you can coalesce. So that, that's how you partially create identity. The New Zealand flag's interesting, you know, last year they had the referendum mm-hmm. two years ago perhaps uh to replace the new zealand flag which of course has the union jack on it 
and it was up against only one other flag that won won a competition, a black flag with a fern, a white fern on it, to represent the country. And and it, but it was defeated. The, the, they decided to stay with what they've got. Um, again, I think if they had chosen it, that would have been a flag around which everybody could coalesce. For example, some of the Maori might look at the New Zealand flag, which has got a small flag up there of the people that came and basically uh, overtook their country. So, you know, there are problems. Now, I also think it's better to understand that, recognise it, get past it and unify and coalesce and through that get strength together, but without ever forgetting the history but and, but they stayed with it um, I'm trying to think of other examples um, that pull you together the stars and stripes you know each one of those stars represents the state it's, so there are 50 stars if, if there's going to be another one there'll be 51 stars the stripes are 13 for the 13 original colonies that broke free from Britain so when you look at it you're looking at their history and what they stand for what they're supposed to stand for uh, freedom uh, and and unity through the individuals. Um, in fact, their, their motto is um, from from many one. Talking about symbols and people who were expressly talking about freedom, Bob Marley was definitely somebody who um, espoused the uh, the virtues of, uh, of not just political freedom, but also emancipating yourself from, from mental slavery. Are you a little bit of a reggae head? ourselves shall free our minds. There we go, sir. Um, Tim, are you a little bit of a reggae head? Because you've chosen um, A Small Axe by Bob Marley as your, your song this week. Um, a, a little bit of a reggae head. Why aren't um, you more equally, of one? Equally Why a star head. Why are, uh, okay, yep, fine. Yep, no, I mean, some of the early 60s stuff, Baba Brooks Band and all that, I, I, I'm, I just love. Um, and it's it's... Then I mean, then you get this middle where they move towards classical reggae, and I'm even you know a bit of dub with you, Roy. But no, I, I'm pretty mainstream. Uh, Marley for me, completely a standout from any other reggae star um, for his charisma, for his humanity, uh, for his songwriting abilities, and his just his sheer magnetism. Um, Marley, Marley really really stands out from everybody else so i'm only a little bit of a, a, a reggae head you know it's it's um there's a lot of other stuff around
Marley's a really interesting uh, character because he's somebody who's absolutely transcended um, religion and, and nationality. So he almost is this icon and you go to many places throughout the world and you know yours get your kind of slightly alternative bit of a town or a city and you'll see flags and banners and invariably there'll be like a, a, a Bob Marley kind of face mm. on, on raster colours. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's one of the many things that really put Jamaica on the global map. Uh, and he is, he's got to be Jamaica's best known figure. Well, Usain Bolt now, maybe? Usain Bolt, contemporary though, isn't it? Is Usain Bolt still going to be as iconic in 10, 15 years time? I, I, I'd probably doubt, but definitely he's up there in the in the trio of, of famous and influential Jamaicans. Yeah, put it, put it this way, we, we will not be rerunning all his wonderful videos of him winning the 100 metres, but we might well still be rerunning videos of uh, Bob Barley singing. He, he just absolutely, you know, he, he had something. He had something that allowed him to transcend uh, all sorts of things. Um, I'm, I, even as a young person, I was struck by if he's going on about jar love, uh, he's not that far removed from some geezer with a tambourine or a guitar singing about Jesus wants you for a sunbeam. You know, they're both, <laughs> they are both sort of praising the Lord. It's just that one's seriously more cool than the other. And you'd never get people who are chanting along to jar love, chanting along to Jesus wants me. But, you know, there, there was just something. Something he had, uh, an attitude, a state of mind, um, an absolute magnetism. Um, I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember when he first burst onto the scene in '75 uh, in the UK, and he was like, "Wow, what is this?" And uh, yeah, it opened up a world. Talking about the world and getting back onto the topic of vexillology, which is a hard thing to say. Um, oh, it's a great um, word. We, it's very easy to associate some countries with flags. But here's, a, here's the thing for you, Tim. 
which flags do you think do not suit their country? Which which flags you look and go, that does not say, insert name of country to me? Nigeria. Because it's got a white stripe. Well, it's just dull, isn't it? I mean, no offence, Nigerians. I know Nigerians who agree with me. It's just dull. It's just green and then white and then green. It's like... Uh, you know, and I know that the, the, the green represents the wonderful, beautiful colours of, 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 of the lushness, but it's just boring. You know, when you look at that flag, it doesn't scream Nigeria at you. That's the only one that springs to mind. But there are there are quite a few. I mean, there's not that many really top flags about. You know, um, I like the Macedonian one myself. Um, that's pretty cool. Oh, and the and the, the Seychelles. It. It's just a complete it's rainbow. It's wonderful. Describe the Macedonian flag to the listeners. It's a sunburst of, uh, you know, it's got a sun in the middle and then the the, 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 the rays radiating out from it. It's very un-European in that respect. And there's a very good quick story about it. Um, there is no country called Macedonia. It's the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia because Greece has a, a region called Macedonia. So if they allowed, when they broke free from Yugoslavia, if they allowed Macedonia to call itself officially that... Uh, so they, they, they got it stopped by the European Union. And secondly, the, the original flag was Alexander the Great's flag. And they said, no, 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 Alexander the Great is Greek. And the Macedonians said, no, 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 he's Macedonian. So again, they lent on everybody. And the flag is, is Macedonia's second choice uh, because both countries claim ownership of Alexander the Great. So, you know, th this is a great example of not just the power, but the politics of flags. Let's talk. It's nothing which I love about flags is looking at, let's say, Ecuador, Colombia, Venezuela. And at mm. first, you look at those flags and you go, wait a minute, they're all, they're all the same, all the Central American republics. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell us some of the stories around countries that have rather similar flags to, the, to their neighbours. Well, the, the, the example you've given is because there used to be something called Grand Colombia, G R A N, Grand Colombia in Spanish. Um, but it couldn't exist. It was just too vast with two different areas and factions of people. And so it did, it split into uh, four different countries who now have very similar colors on their flags, Venezuela, for, for example. Um, one thing I found interesting about Latin America was, unlike Africa, a lot of them came up with, when they became independent, a lot of them came up with very European type flags and this is just a, a personal theory in Africa colonialism uh, and the nation states was a relatively short period and so most of the cultures languages food etc and and to an extent some of the religions remained intact so when they threw off the colonial yoke they were hardly about to choose uh, European type symbols and that's why I think you don't see that many tricolors and there are a lot more colorful flags and you have the red gold and green for the pan-african colors whereas the Latin Americans the people there became almost indigenous if you know what I mean you know they were there for three or four hundred years the Spanish and the Portuguese so by the time they became independent the languages the culture the food and the shared history was actually looking back to the old country which is why I think that the, the Latin American flags tend to be a lot more European uh, in, in their outlook. Lastly, sir, which flag has been the most uh, influential 
on subsequent countries gaining independence, would you say? Good question. Um, I'm full of good questions, mate. Yeah. The reason I've got a couple of I'm not full of good answers. <laughs> well, again, look, you know, I mean, these are questions I haven't always considered, and so they're, they're, I have two answers off the top of my head. One is um, the American flag, because for all its failings, the American state, the, 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 the shining city on a hill, etc., etc., does stand for freedom. I mean, you know, we can talk about its failings till the cows come home. But the idea of America, the idea of equality under law, the idea of freedom of religion, all that is inherent in the flag. And I think that all around the world, many peoples who, who, are, who are still suffering under various forms of oppression and dictatorship still look to that flag as an idea of what can be achieved. Not necessarily always the reality of it, but the idea is is very important. The other one is the Ethiopian flag, because it was so uh, influential on the design of the African flags as they gained independence. Because that was the one country that was not fully colonized and you know actually beat the Italians. And so when a lot of the African countries became independent, the colours of the Ethiopian flag influenced the colours of the, of the now independent states. Tim Marshall, thank you for coming on to Friday 15, sharing your love of brightly coloured bits of cloth, Bob Marley, a little bit of reggae, much more scar. Um, Your book is called Worth Dying For, The Power and the Politics of Flags. I presume you can get it from Amazon at any good bookshop. If it's not there, it may not be a good bookshop, yes. (laughs) And let's very quickly, Tim, tell us where people can catch up with you on social media. Oh, um... Twitterius is what I witter away on on uh, on um, Twitter. Twitterius and the what and the why dot com is uh, a website about international relations. Basically, there we go. We've done it. Perfect. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Cameo's classic Word Up was covered by Scottish band Gun. Taken from their album Swagger, it was released on July 1st, 1994 and reached number 8 in the UK singles chart. Teardrops appeared on Womack and Womack's fourth studio album, Conscience, in 1988. 
the songwriters Cecil and Linda Womack also served as the producers of the track alongside Chris Blackwell. enjoyed this week's show don't forget you can follow the show's progress on facebook by simply typing in friday 15 you can also find us on twitter where you can follow me where i'm at royfield spelled r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d now every thursday you can jump onto twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's friday 15 iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me where I'm Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.